faith and, and be confident in the fact that you are taking care of those things uh, because we are connected with you. And God, I pray that, that our praise team uh, leads us before your throne in worship today. I pray that when we take communion, we focus on not just the pain of the cross, but the beauty of it and how uh, we have grace and salvation because of what your son did on the cross. I pray that as we spend time in your word today, God, that we would hear you speak and that we would feel your spirit fill this place um, as, we, as we listen to your word uh, today. And may we leave here ready to go out and be the people that you are shaping us into. So we give this morning to you, God, and we want to praise you. Uh, we want to give you glory and honor, and we want to be drawn closer to you. And may that happen with everything we do today. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's get on our feet. Let's worship together this morning. Blessing and honor, glory and power be to the ancient of days. From every nation, all of creation, bow before the ancient of days. Every tongue in heaven and earth shall declare your glory. Every knee shall bow at your throne. In worship, you be exalted, O God. And your kingdom shall not pass away, O ancient of days. Blessing and honor, glory and power be to the ancient of days. From every nation, all of creation, bow before the ancient of days. Every tongue in heaven and earth shall declare your glory, every knee shall bow. In worship you'll be exalted, O God, and your kingdom shall not pass away, O ancient of days. Your kingdom shall reign over all the earth, sing to the ancient of days. For none can compare to your matchless worth, sing to the ancient of days. Your kingdom shall reign over all the earth. Sing to the ancient of days. For none can compare to your matchless worth. Sing to the ancient of days. Every tongue in heaven and earth shall declare your glory. Every knee shall bow at your throne. In worship you will be exalted, O God. And your kingdom shall not pass away, O ancient of days. O ancient of days. O ancient of days. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, Lord. 
Good morning. As we shift into uh, this time of remembrance of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross, um, I was thinking this week about uh, what I was going to talk about, and um, it it hit me in uh, sometime this week that uh, about the idea that the cross is is non-negotiable, and what I mean by that is it's not um, it, it's one-sided and it's not uh, fair. I think back to grade school, um, sitting at the lunch table with my friends, and as soon as we all got there, you know, you dump your lunch out on the table and you're looking to make some trades. You're looking to upgrade your lunch. Um, I see what he's got over here. I'm going to see if he wants a PB&J. You know, I want those Oreos or something like that. Uh, I think about Halloween time, too. As soon as we got done trick-or-treating, me and my brothers go dump the candy on the floor, and, um, you know, I'm trading away all my chocolate. I can't eat that stuff. And... Um, you know, it all works out, and in my mind, those exchanges are, are fair. Those, those make perfect sense. Um, for me, um, or e- even today, I find myself uh, only willing to help others out uh, when my needs are met as well. I, I, I want to be, um, I want my, I, I want to benefit just as much as the next guy, and when it comes to the cross, that's, that's not how it works at all. Um, it is very one-sided and non-negotiable, meaning that Jesus takes care of it all. We, there is nothing about that sacrifice that he made that we deserve when it comes to eternal life. Um, Jesus never looked at the cross and said, what do I get out of this as well? Um, he loves us unconditionally and without expectation of return and that's that's like marshall was saying that's the beauty of the cross and so uh, let's remember this today let's pray dear god uh, we thank you for this time to worship today and thank you for bringing everybody here this morning please help us to be more like your son and loving without expectation of return we thank you for the sacrifice that he made on the cross the blood that was shed and the body he gave so that we may have eternal life with you someday. Help us to remember this this morning. In your son's name, amen. Restore my spirit, Lord, I need restore. My heart is heavy with collective more. I stand in need of more strength from your word. Renew my love, rebuild my faith, Lord, restore my soul. Revive the fire, Lord, defend my soul. Stir my desire to work in your fold. Light Oh. 
As I said earlier, I'm glad that you're here this morning. I'm glad to be with you this morning. I missed worshiping in person with you guys last week, but I'm glad to be here again this week. And, um, you know, we're just going to jump right into what I was planning on talking about with you last week. I wonder as, as you know, we start thinking about this, uh, just, you know, how often, how often do you have a reset button that you hit? I mean, how many different gadgets do you have? How many different things, you know, are in your office or in your home or in your car or in your purse or pocket that, you, that has some kind of a reset button? Uh, you know, something that, that you can push and, and, you know, things just, you know, start over again. Uh, or reboot, or whatever, and we got lots of different things that I think, you know, have different reset buttons on them, right? I mean, there's video game systems. You can be playing your video game, and things aren't going well, and you can hit the reset button and start over again, and start killing more of those guys that were killing you the last round, and get better, right? Uh, And sometimes that can be a bad thing. You ever, you ever, when you were I'm sure this has, hasn't happened recently, uh, but when you're younger and you're playing video games and then like, you know, maybe a younger sibling comes along or maybe some friend who thought they were being funny and you're doing really well on that video game and then they're like, Kink, reset. You're like, ah, oh, I just was on level 20 or whatever it was and, and now all of it's gone. Sometimes it can be a negative thing to hit the reset button, right? Things, when you're not expecting it and, that, and everything all of a sudden resets. I, we had, a, you know, for years at our house, we had a DVR, and I don't know, you know, some of y'all still have those. Some, some of us have gone beyond where everything we do now is on the Internet, so we don't have DVR machines anymore. But this, this particular DVR machine that we had in our house, like, you know, be watching TV and scrolling through channels, and maybe the channel would freeze up, or maybe just, you know, we bring up the list of channels on the screen, and it was just, everything was just frozen. And it didn't matter how many times... You know, you're hitting the button on the remote controller. You get close to it or you get up right by the sensor and like, eh, do what I want you to do. That's just me. Okay, well, anyway, that's what I would do, trying to, you know, get things to work. And it's just frozen. It's just stuck. It's not doing anything. And there's this little tiny red button on the side of the DVR. And you had to hold that in for a few seconds. And then, you know, everything would go blue. And then there would be this message that would show up. Hey, we're resetting your settings right now. Blah, 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 blah. Wait for, you know, a little while. And then everything would be fine. It would start working. And so that was great. I'm going to date myself a little bit. But um, when I was in college, I didn't have uh, a computer. A lot of people didn't have a computer. You know, computer labs um, had been around for a little bit. But, but not everybody had their own computer in their dorm room. And there was a friend of mine who didn't have a computer. He had a word processor. Does anybody remember word processors? This one was, was fancy. and uh, it, it had... A keyboard-like computer had a little, I mean, I say, like, it was a small suitcase-sized machine, all right? <laughs> but uh, it had a little screen on the front of it that looked like a computer screen, but it was a word processor. And you would type, like on a typewriter, and it would fill up so many lines of text on the screen, and then you could hit a button, and it would type all those out like a typewriter, okay? That was the word processor. Some of you way younger than me are going, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But it was awesome back in the time, and I would borrow it from a friend of mine whenever I had college papers to type. And I remember this one paper. I've, I've told uh, different people this story before, but I had this one paper that I stayed up all night um, typing one time because I waited till the last minute uh, to do this paper that was due the next day. And, you know, I typed the whole thing out in this word processor, and then I hit print, and the thing just freezes, just completely locks up. And I can see my paper on this screen, or I can see so much of the text of it, but it's just not doing anything. 
And I'm hitting escape and enter and, you know, all the different things that I think you're supposed to hit and nothing's happening. And this is like 3 o'clock in the morning because, as I said, I waited till the last minute to type this whole thing out. So I go wake up the guy who I had borrowed this word processor from. I was like, dude, what's wrong with your machine? And he's like, I don't know. And, and he comes over and hits all the same buttons that I hit. Nothing happens. And he's like, the only thing I know to do is to turn the power on and off real fast. And maybe that will unlock it and, and it will still be there. And I was like, that doesn't sound logical to me. But okay, because we tried everything else. So he goes over to the power button and he clicks it real quick, you know, on and off. And, and when, the, you know, when it went off, everything cleared off the screen. And then when it came back on, it was there for a split second. I mean, it seemed like an eternity, but it was probably like half a second where I was like, oh, my papers, oh, it's gone. And the whole thing, probably seven, eight, maybe nine pages of text that I had typed, gone. So sometimes the reset button is not the best thing in the world. You know, sometimes you lose everything that you've been working on. And I want us to be thinking about that. I want us to be thinking about different reset buttons uh, that we have in our lives that we use on a regular basis. And sometimes we don't even think about it. We're just like, oh, I, I, I need to start this particular thing over. And so we hit reset. And sometimes it's a big deal to hit that reset button and to go back. I mean, think about your phone. You ever have a phone or some other piece of technology that you Restore to factory settings, sometimes that's a scary thing, right? How much am I going to lose? How much, how much of a difference is this going to make if I hit the reset button? And I want you to be thinking about that because when we hit the reset button on different gadgets and different, you know, electrical things and different machines, we usually do that because something has either uh, stopped working altogether or it's, or it's not working the way uh, they were supposed to, or we just want to start over. We hit the reset button. What I want us to focus on this morning and over the next several weeks is not hitting a reset button on a piece of machinery, but hitting the reset button on our own lives and recognizing those times that I need a reset, that I need a brand new start, that I need to, to take an honest look at where I am now and maybe, maybe start over. Or maybe at least just start new. And maybe it's just, you know, it's, it's the new year. It's the first part of the year. Maybe that's where my focus is this morning. And, and maybe that's where a lot of our focuses uh, might be this morning. But I want us to be thinking about just maybe, maybe not even our entire lives, but maybe there's just a certain aspect of our lives where we need to hit the reset button right now. Where, where something is, is not, you know, as it should be. And there's times, you know, for, for myself as an individual and for you as an individual, there are a couple of times where I think we probably need to hit the reset button. And one of those times might be, again, when something isn't functioning properly. I mean, that's what we do with machinery, right? If something's not going the way it's supposed to and we have a reset button, we can hit reset and hopefully, you know, if things are sluggish, if things aren't moving like they're supposed to, if this machine is not doing everything at least at the pace that it's supposed to be doing those things, we hit the reset button, hopefully things start functioning the way that they're supposed to. And the same thing can happen in our own lives. And maybe it's, maybe it's my job. Maybe there's a project that's just not going right. Maybe there's a, you know, kind of a coworker situation where we're just, we're, we're not getting along that well, or it's just kind of a tough work environment for, in, for me to be in, and maybe I'm overwhelmed with my job. Maybe there's some deadlines and some things coming up, and I feel like I just can't get everything done. Maybe, maybe I've, I've 
can take an honest look at my life right now and realize there's some things I've been sacrificing because of my job. And maybe there's some things that, that I need to kind of hit the reset button on and, and, and shift or completely redo to make my life function better. Maybe it's not my job. Maybe it's my finances. Maybe I look at my life, man, I am just in constant debt. And I seem to be getting myself, as I'm trying to get out of debt, I get, finding myself getting into more debt. Maybe I'm spending money on stuff that may not be all that important. Maybe I have no plan for the future. I'm just spending everything I got, you know, right now. Maybe I'm not very generous with my giving. It's not that I don't have it. It's, it's that I hold really tightly to it. And I might need to reset some things in my life when it comes to my finances. Maybe it's a friendship. We used to, me and this person used to get along. We used to get along really well. We used to be really close, and we're just not anymore. And, and I don't know why. Or maybe I do know why, and I just haven't gone to the process of, of trying to fix things. Maybe it's, maybe it's uh, this person has taken advantage of me. Maybe I've taken advantage of them. Maybe they gossip about me. Maybe I've been gossiping about them. It, it, there just used to be a close connection with this person, and there's not anymore. And we need to reset this. I want to I get back to where we were before. Maybe it's not a friendship. Maybe it's a dating relationship. I'm dating this person. This, I, I, we're, we're getting closer, or I, I felt like we were, but maybe we're not anymore. Or maybe there's some, some of my own, um, my own values, something to myself that I've kind of compromised because I, want, I didn't want to lose this person. And, and now I'm starting to lose a little bit of myself because of, of the way this relationship has going, been going. Maybe it's an abusive relationship and some things need to change. Maybe, maybe we've just been having fun to this point, but I want it to be something more than that. It's not functioning, this relationship is not functioning the way that I think that it could. And maybe we need a reset. Maybe it it's, goes beyond my dating relationship. Maybe it's my marriage. We're, we're, we're not miserable, but we're not happy. And we're kind of coexisting. Maybe we have a lot of conflict and we, and we just don't know how to communicate through those things. Maybe we just don't spend any time together because we're so overwhelmed with everything else um, that's on our schedules. Maybe when things do go wrong, my, my go-to is to blame my spouse for all of our problems. Maybe the go-to is for them to blame me. And whatever it is, I'm looking at my marriage and this is not what I thought it would be. And, it, and it's not where I thought we would be. Maybe I need a, a new start, a reset with this person that I've committed my life to. Maybe, maybe it's, you know, family relationships. Maybe my parenting. I'm Maybe as a parent, I'm trying to do everything and feel like I'm succeeding at nothing. Maybe I'm trying, I have in my mind to be this, this perfect Instagram parent that I see everybody else being. I see all their pictures on social media and I want my life to look like that too and it doesn't. And maybe I, I just, I struggle with, with disciplining my kids. It, it, it's either too much or too little and I can't figure out which one is supposed to be. Maybe I, I'm losing my temper too, too easily. Maybe I should be a little bit more strict. I, I, I don't know. But this parenting thing isn't going the way that I thought it should. It's not functioning properly. Maybe it's just my own personal faith. I haven't walked away from my faith in God, but it's, it's kind of stagnant. It's not growing. And I, I used to feel closer to God. I used to feel like I could see what he was doing in my life. I used to feel his purpose, his presence, and I just don't anymore. And my prayer life is routine, if it's even existent at all. 
and I don't spend a whole lot of time in the Word, it's not that I don't believe anymore. It's just I don't feel the connection anymore. And maybe I need to reset that relationship with Him. Have I talked about yours yet? Because we all have different aspects in our lives we can take an honest look at sometimes and go, okay, this isn't, this isn't functioning properly. This isn't going the way that I thought it would. Or this, isn't, this isn't as healthy as it could be. This isn't where I thought I would be in this aspect of my life at this point in my life. And something needs to change. Something needs to be different. I need a reset. Maybe it's, it's, it's not just when something isn't functioning properly. Sometimes I need to reset my life when something has completely stopped working altogether. It's not just that the job isn't going great. I got fired. I lost the job. I need a reset. I got to start over. And that can be a scary thing. Maybe my marriage was on life support and now it's ended. What do I do now? Maybe that friendship, that relationship just broke apart. It stopped working all together. Can it be salvaged? Can I reset and start over? I got to figure that out. Maybe, maybe my own anxiety and my own worry or my own depression, my own emotional struggles have become so overwhelming that I've, just, I've completely shut down. And it's not that I'm just kind of struggling and things aren't necessarily working as good as they could. I, I feel like nothing's going right. Everything has stopped. Maybe that's where you're at in your life right now. We have these times when things aren't, aren't functioning properly, when things have stopped working, when, when something is broken. And we need to hit the reset button. I need to figure out how to get a new start in this particular aspect of my life. So how do I do that? How do I hit the reset button? I mean, it's not an uncommon phrase to use. If you Google, how do I hit the reset button, you're going to find a whole bunch of different uh, things that, that come up that are both about machines and technology and how to find the reset button on that particular machine and, and reset it, and also how to do that in your own life. And I don't want this, I don't want, as we talk about these things, I don't want this to come across as something that, that is just, you know, kind of um, generic self-help kind of stuff. I believe that all of us, if, if we look at our own lives and there's something that's not functioning properly, I believe that God himself wants that to be fixed. I think that God wants us to have healthy, functioning lives, have healthy, functioning relationships, have a healthy, functioning, growing faith. I think God wants that for us. I think God shows us in his word how to get some of those things, how to accomplish some of those things, how to hit the reset button in our lives and get a new start. And that's what I want us to talk about together. This isn't, as we talk about this the rest of this morning, as we talk about this over the next few weeks, I want you to understand, I'm not looking at this as just, you know, it's the new year and, and let's just have a positive outlook. I want us to be practical. I want us to look at some things that, that may need to change. A new start that needs to happen in my marriage, in my parenting, in my workplace, with my finances, with this addiction, this habit, whatever it is. And recognize that I have a God who says, I can help you with that. I can give you a new start. I can help you reset. Let me help you do that. 
And that's the question that I want us to start answering this morning is how? How do I hit the reset button? In a way that I allow God to help me reset this particular part of my life. And we're going we're gonna to talk about this more specifically over the next few weeks. But I want to give you some action steps this morning to get us started that, that, that will help all of us, no matter what part of our lives it is where we need the reset, it will help us get started down that path. And the first thing that I got to do when I, when I step back and take an honest look at my life or at this particular part of my life that isn't going the way it should, the first thing that I need to do is acknowledge the need for a reset. And that seems like the easiest thing to do, and sometimes that may be one of the most difficult. I mean, it seems like, you know, if, if I've got the, if, if I'm looking at my television screen and the blue screen of death is up where it's just like, hey, things aren't going to work anymore and we're just stuck here right now, I can, I can, this sounds dumb to say, but I can be like, ah, it's fine. Everything's fine. It'll start working on its own here pretty soon. I mean, that's the way it works. That TV, just, just be patient. Walk away from it for a few minutes, come back. It's going to be working just fine. It's not, is it? It doesn't work that way. We've got to fix it. We've got to hit, at least hit the reset button and start over and let, let things start getting fixed. And the same is true in my own life. Sometimes I can look at my marriage. I can look at this friendship. I can look at my finances, whatever it is, my own physical health, my own emotional health, whatever the issue is, and I can try to convince myself or convince other people, ah, it's fine. It'll work out. It'll start working the way it's supposed to. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. It's no big deal eventually everything will start working the way it's supposed to. Not necessarily. Sometimes I need to acknowledge, hey, this isn't working right. This isn't the way that it's supposed to be. This isn't the way that it could be. This could be better. This could be healthier. This could be more beneficial. This could be the right thing to do, and it's not, and I need to reset. I need to start over. I need to do something different. I need to acknowledge that in the first place. There's a story in the book of Acts. If you read in, in the Bible in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John talk about Jesus' life and he was here on this earth. The next book after that is the book of Acts, which talks about Jesus' followers starting the church and continuing to share the story of Jesus after Jesus had left this earth. And there's a guy that's one of the main characters in the story of the book of Acts. His name is Paul. We've talked about him several times with our church family. And Paul eventually is kind of one of these, I mean, I, I would label him as like a super Christian kind of guy. I mean, he, he just seemed to almost do nothing wrong. He could perform miracles. He preached all over the world. He wrote a huge chunk of, of our scripture. I mean, he's just one of those, you know, kind of upper echelon kind of Christians, you know. But he didn't start out that way. When you read about, when you read about Paul for the first time in Acts chapter 9, you find out Paul was completely anti-Christian. And he was, he was against Christianity, and he was so dead set on stopping Christianity that he was, he was persecuting Christians. He was having people pulled out of their homes and thrown in prison. He was having people killed because they believed in Jesus, because they believed Jesus was the Son of God. That's how dead set he was against Christianity. And Scripture tells us that he's on his way to the city called Damascus to go find a whole bunch of Christians and ruin their lives because of their faith. That is his purpose. That is his plan. And as he's walking down the road, uh, he's stopped in the middle of the road by this huge bright light that blinds him. 
And he hears God talking to him. And God saying, you need to, why are you persecuting me? This needs to stop. And he's, he's basically led into the city of Damascus. And he's, and he's left there to kind of fend for himself. And he decides, this, this is God that was talking to me. This is Jesus that was talking to me. And my life needs to be different. And he decides to give his life to Jesus Christ. And becomes a Christian. And it completely changes his life from that point on. And you read through the rest of the book of Acts. And he's go, he goes from city to city to city to city talking about Jesus. Having his life threatened, being stoned, being yelled at, riots caused in different cities because he's talking about Jesus. And when he gets towards the end of his life, he's arrested again, and he's brought before a king, and he's telling his story. He's telling his story of faith, and he says this in Acts chapter 26. I want you to see this in in verse 14. When he describes what it was like to have this light shine down on him and hear God talking to him. He says, this is what the Lord said to me. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. That phrase probably means nothing to us in 2022, Northwest Arkansas. But kicking against the goads is in reference to, you know, I I mean, if you have any experience on farms or 4-H stuff, you get, you you know, these cattle prods or sheep prods or pig prods prods or whatever animal it is you got a big stick it's got a point on the end of it and these i mean if we had you know abigail wiles or ali sweeten come up here and talk about all their experiences of 4-h animals they could tell you all about it but you have this this long stick and you you kind of push it against the animal's foot to either keep it from going the direction that it's going or you know they take these animals to show in county fairs and 4-h competitions they have to stay in a certain way and so you push the the cattle prod on the, on their on their hoof, on their foot, and it, and you know, they'll put their foot in the right proper place. And the problem is, some of those animals are stubborn. They want to go the direction they are already going, or they want to put their foot where they already have it, and they don't want to put their foot where you want them to put their foot. And and they kick against that prod, that goad, and it hurts them. It's a little bit painful. And you got really stubborn animals that sometimes will keep kicking against that goad. They'll keep kicking against that cattle prod. Even though it's hurtful and even though the better thing would be for them to do whatever it is you're trying to lead them to do, they're still kicking against it. That is what Jesus tells Paul, Paul was doing with his life. You are making hurtful choices. And you don't seem to care about the consequences of your choices. And your choices and the consequences of those choices are hurting you and they're hurting other people. You're kicking against the goads. You need to stop. Until that moment, Paul didn't care about the consequences. He didn't care about the choices he was making. He was just going to keep going forward and keep making the choices that he had been making, keep doing the things he had been doing. Paul needed to acknowledge something needed to be different. And I'll be honest with you. There are times that I find myself kicking against the goads. That there are choices I'm making and they're hurting me or they're hurting other people or both. And I'll try to convince myself or convince others, ah, it's no big deal. And I'll keep going the direction that I want to go and keep putting my foot where I want to put it. And I'm not acknowledging 
I need to reset. I need to start over. I need to do something different than what I have been doing so that I get different results. If we're going to experience a reset of any kind in our lives, the first place we start is acknowledging that we need the reset. Being honest with ourselves about that. Being honest with our, with our friend, with our spouse, with our coworker, whoever it is. Being honest with God. I need something to be different. I've been kicking against the goads for too long. I need to acknowledge my need for the reset. And the second thing that I need to do is ask someone to help me. Ask someone to help me reset this particular part of my life. I don't need to feel like I've just got to do this on my own and that it's all up to me. I can get somebody to help with this process. And if it's a relationship thing, if it's, if it's uh, my emotional health or, or you know, even an addiction or a habit of some kind, I might need to go to some counseling. I might need to go to some therapy. I might need to get into some kind of a, a support group. And sometimes that's a little scary and that's a little intimidating. And I, 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 I'm not for sure how that's going to go. But, it's, but folks, that's, that can sometimes be one of the best things for me is to get help resetting this part of my life. So I don't feel overwhelmed by having to do this all on my own. Maybe I just need somebody else's perspective. I need somebody else who has experienced a need for a reset in their own lives, and they can kind of help me walk through that. Maybe I just need somebody who may not have even experienced it themselves, but they love me, and they care about me, and they want to do whatever they can to help me get a new start on this particular part of my life, whether that's a spouse, a friend, a shepherd of this church, a co-worker, I, I need somebody else sometimes to help me walk through this, to get me through this, to encourage me, to hold me accountable to whatever the change is that I'm trying to make. I don't need to feel like I've got to do this on my own. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2, the apostle Paul says, carry each other's burdens and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. It's important, I, th I think it's important for us to see that Paul says, I, I, I need to choose to help you when I see that you've got a burden, when I see that there's something that you're struggling to carry, when I see that there's something that you're, you're struggling to, to deal with in your life, I need to have open eyes to see it, and I need to be willing to go help you walk through that problem, maybe even take the burden from you if I can, so that you can be set free from it. Paul says that's our job as as Brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to carry each other's burdens. But I want to show you this. I think that one of the things that we miss about this verse that I think is implied by it is that there are times when I need to allow someone else to help me carry my burden. Carry each other's burdens. When, when he says each other, that means all of us. We all allow each other to help each other carry all of our burdens. And see, I get arrogant enough sometimes going, ah, I got mine. I can handle my burdens. Let me help you with yours. I don't need any help with mine. And maybe one of the biggest things that I need to do to get this new start, to get this reset in my life to be humble enough to allow you to carry this burden with me. To be vulnerable enough to say, this is a, this is a particular part of my life that, that needs to be better. It's not functioning. It's not working the way it's supposed to. I need your help. 
carry each other's burdens. I need to be willing to carry yours. I need to be humble enough to let you carry mine. That's going to help me get a reset. Another thing I need to do is make a reset plan. What's my plan? How am I going to start over? What am I, what am I going to actually do that's different than what I have been doing? If I'm going to hit the reset button in my life, I have to do more than just take a step back and evaluate and go, okay, well, yeah, something needs to change. I need to make a plan to actually implement whatever the change is that needs to happen. If I need to do something different about my physical health, okay, great that we acknowledge it. What's the plan? What's going to be the changes in my diet? What's going to be the exercise plan? Where's the accountability going to come from? If I needed to, to work on my emotional health, fine. How's that going to happen? If I need to go get some counseling, where is that? Where, where are the resources that are available? If I'm just going to talk to a friend, how's that going to work? How often are we going to talk? How are we going to meet? What, what kind of accountability? What kind of, what kind of uh, you know, guardrails am I going to put in this relationship to help me overcome some of these burdens? If it's my finances, maybe it's time to budget. What's the budget plan? Where's my money going to go? How do I stay accountable to it? How do I change some of my spending habits? What's my plan for paying off the debt that I'm already in? What's my plan for saving for the future? If it's relationships, what's going to change? If I need to start spending more time with this person or less time with this person, what's that going to look like? What kind of reminders am I going to put in my phone? What kind of things am I going to do different? What's, what's the plan with my time? What's the plan with, with how I get better at, at my communication? Am I going to find resources for that? Are we just going to talk through that? What's the plan? Because if I don't make a plan for these changes, if I don't make a, if I don't make a plan for the reset, I'm probably not going to stick to the reset. Solomon says in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 2, desire without knowledge is not good how much more will hasty feet miss the way i can wish for a reset i can have the desire solomon says i can say i want a new start but if i just jump in without planning for it i'm probably going to either go the wrong direction or just veer off and not stick to it. Solomon says desire is great, but desire without making a plan, desire without knowledge is empty. I need to make a plan for this reset. How is this going to work? What's, what's the plan? And the last thing that I need to do, no matter what the change is, no matter what the new start is, I need to commit to it. Along with making the plan, I have to commit to whatever the plan is. Along with, with wanting the new start, I have to actually commit to the new start. I have to choose to hit the reset button. I have to commit to whatever it is I'm, I'm resetting to. I have to move beyond just saying, boy, it sure would be nice if. Boy, wouldn't it be great if. I need to actually commit to whatever this thing is that needs to be functioning better in my life. And sometimes that's scary. Sometimes it's scary to hit the reset button on our electrical devices it, because who knows what's going to happen. If we reset back to factory settings, what's going to happen? If I hit this shiny red button, is this thing going to all fall apart? 
It was scary. You know, it, I mean, reset buttons, I got a fear for them now. I hit the power button on and off really fast on that word processor, and what happened? Gone. Everything. All that I worked for. And I had to start over. To be honest with you, it ended up being a better paper when I retyped it, so it probably ended up being a good thing. But it's scary sometimes. It's intimidating. It's challenging. To not just say, my marriage, my parenting, my friendship, my faith needs to be different. It's intimidating. It's challenging to actually make those changes. I've got to commit to it. I've got to convince myself, no matter, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how intimidating it is, no matter how scary it is, I know this is the direction that God's leading me. I know this is what needs to be different in my life, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to stick with it. I'm not going to give up on it. One of my favorite scriptures about Jesus that I honestly think... Uh, I honestly think the first time that I saw that I had this pointed out to me was by Reagan Price years ago when I was either a teenager in college or something. But it's in, in the book of Luke. I told you Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John talk about the life of Christ. The, the book of Luke, not even halfway through the book of Luke, there's this verse in, in chapter 9, at the end of chapter 9, verse 51, where it says, As the time approached for him, talking about Jesus, to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And if you don't know that much about the story of Jesus, I mean, Jerusalem was where Jesus ended up. That's the city where he was crucified. That's the city where he was on trial and he was beaten and, and humiliated and put to death on the cross. Jesus knew ahead of time that's where he was going. Jesus knew a long time ahead of time that the cross was going to be the end result. I mean, early on in his ministry, he's telling people, this is why I came, to be a sacrifice for the world. He knew that's where he was going. But look at how Luke describes it again in, in Luke chapter 9. It says, as, as the time approached for him to be taken to heaven, as the time approached for him to die, as the time approached for him to go to the cross, for him to, to fulfill the reason that he came to the earth in the first place, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Now, we have different translations of the Bible. And there's one particular translation that, that says it this way, and I wanted you to see it this morning. Same verse, but it says it this way. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. I love that. I love the way that's worded. That Jesus set his face for Jerusalem. That Jesus kept in his focus the cross. This is where I'm going. Now, if you keep reading through the book of Luke, I mean, he, he heals people here. He teaches people here. He talks to people here. He goes to this particular place with his disciples. But his face is set on the cross. He knows where he's going, and he's committed to it. He set his face for Jerusalem. That's the direction I'm going. Yeah, but we could go a different direction. You might not have to go to the cross. That's where I'm going. Okay, but it might be easier for us to take this path instead of that path. That's where I'm going. He was committed to it. You understand what I'm saying? And the reason that I share that with you this morning is to ask you and ask myself 
this question. What is it right now in my life that I have my face set towards? What is my face set towards right now? What are the things that I'm focused on? What are the things that I'm committed to? What are the things that my face should be set towards? And they're not right now. I can talk about needing a reset. I can even come up with a plan for accomplishing the reset. But until I'm focused and committed to the reset, good chance it's not going to happen. I'm not going to push that button. If I'm going to get a reset in any particular aspect of my life, I need to acknowledge the need for it. I need to get help with it. I need to make a plan for it. And I need to commit to it. That's where we start. And like I said, we're going to get more specific in some specific areas of our lives over the next few weeks. And I would love for you to, to come back. I'd love for you to keep joining us online. I'd love for you to share some of these things with other people that you know in your own life that are struggling with some of these things. But that's where we start no matter what. No matter what the thing is that isn't functioning the way it should be in our lives or the thing that has stopped working altogether. Let's acknowledge it, let's get some help with it, make a plan for it, and commit to it. I'll wrap up with this. One of my favorite stories, I, I've shared it with this church family multiple times. One of my favorite stories that Jesus ever told is in Luke chapter 15. And he talks about a young man who uh, just had everything going for him and decided he wanted to do his own thing. And he demanded his inheritance from his dad. And he takes all his money. He goes off and gets as far away from home as he possibly can. And he blows everything. He loses all his money. He loses all his friends. He loses all of his status. He loses his home. He loses his health. I mean, just everything falls apart. And he finds himself sitting in a pigsty, jealous of the garbage that the pigs are eating because he's so hungry and so destitute. And he comes up with a plan. And he, and he says, you know, Back home, the servants in my dad's house at least had a roof over their heads and at least had food in their stomachs. I can go back and at least be one of, one of the servants in my dad's home. And so he goes back home. And before he can even get to the door, his dad meets him and welcomes him home, tackles him with a bear hug covers him with kisses, so glad to see his boy has finally come home, throws a huge party and makes him his son, his child again. He doesn't have to go be a servant and go live in the, in the servant's quarters. He is a son once again, and there's so much about that story that, that we could glean from. The one thing that I wanted to point out to you about this morning is when this young man has made the choices that he's made, he's gone the path that, he, that he's gone down, and he's sitting in this pigsty. And just this slop and mud and seeing these pigs eat whatever nasty stuff pigs eat and go, mmm, that looks good. It says in Luke chapter 15, 
in verse 18 that he said this. I will set out and go back to my father. He's resetting his life. Here's the path that he had gone down. Here's the choices that he made. And now he's looking going, okay, this is not, as in our context, this is not functioning properly. This is not where I'm supposed to be. This is not the kind of life that I need to have. So what do I do? I go back to my father. I get a reset. I get a new start. And that's what he did. And that's where we start, folks. When we acknowledge that we need a new start and we decide I want to get some help with this and we start making a plan and we're committed to it, the first place to start with that reset is with the Father. I'm going to go back to my Father. I'm going to let Him show me how to love my spouse better. I'm going to let Him teach me how to be a better parent. I'm going to let Him show me and empower me to be a better friend, a better co-worker. I'm going to let Him take control of my finances. I'm going to give Him power over my, and kingship over my heart and, and get rid of this addiction and this habit. I'm going to, I'm going to go back. I'm going to reset my life back with my Father. That's where we need to start today. So as you're sitting there this morning, as you're sitting online, as you're sitting in a chair right now, take an honest look at your life. Is there any part of it that needs a reset? And if so, what's the next step? And maybe the next step for you this morning is to start out by going to the Father. That's what we're going to offer you the opportunity to do right now. We're going to stand together here in just a second, and we're going to sing a song together. And, and even this song is a commitment. God, I don't want to be the person I have been. I don't want to go down this path anymore. I don't want to keep kicking against the goads anymore. I want a reset. I want a new life. And while we're singing that song, if you recognize I need a reset, I need to hit, hit the reset button in my own life, and I'm not for sure where to start, you are more than welcome to walk to the front to share that with us and to know that's, that's the first step, coming back to the Father and acknowledging I need something to be different. And we will start there and we will help you get a reset in your life. If you don't come forward because that's awkward to walk in front of everybody, come find me after worship. Find one of our shepherds. Talk to the person sitting down the road from you. Send us an email this week. Our contact info is in, in that bulletin in your chair. And share with us, I need a reset, and I don't know where to start. And we'll help. Folks, don't let, don't let the sun go down today, and you just convince yourself, ah, it'll be fine. It'll start working eventually. It's only broken now. It'll get better. My God can give you a brand new start. We can help. How can we help you? Let us know while together we stand and sing. I will never be the same again. I, I can never, never return. I close the door. I will walk the path. I will run the race. 
Good morning. Hope everybody received a blessing by being here this morning. I just have uh, one announcement that is in your bulletin, uh, but we want to share with the church family and friends uh, that are here this morning about that information. You'll see that we are doing the fifth Sunday offering again. Uh, we did that before uh, to help us with the cost of this new addition to uh, work hard to uh, get this paid off so we can uh, move forward in God's work and to help uh, spread the word. So in your bulletin, it'll say fifth Sunday giving. We are going to reset and uh, start doing that again this year. So this uh, month, is there is a fifth Sunday, and we will do that. Uh, also, uh, should be up here, there will be uh, your opportunities to uh, give. And so uh, uh, there's, they're up here, and feel free to uh, participate in that. We thank you for uh, 2021 and the giving that you have uh, done. Uh, it's a great year for us in that aspect, and it's all because of you. Uh, and we just say thank you for that. We thank you for our deacons who uh, uses, uses the money wisely to help us uh, uh, meet our budgets and help others. So. Let's go ahead and stand, and we'll have a prayer and then one more song. Dear Father, we just come to you now. Just thank you for the uh, lesson that Marshall brought to us this morning. And it's a great time for this lesson because of the fact that it's a new year. A great opportunity, no matter whether it's a major reset or just a minor reset, just a reset is what we need to make your kingdom better. We just thank you for that opportunity for, for the reset and help us to apply it to our lives. Help us to apply it to our church. Help us to apply it to the world that we live in. Dear Father, as we close this uh, prayer this morning, we just want to say thank you for, for your son and what he means to us as Christians. In Jesus' name, amen. There is beyond the azure blue a God concealed from human sight. He tears his cast with heavenly hue and freckled words with his great mind. There is a God
set me free.